start early. A lot of people, when they're looking to get into investing, they spend a lot of time just collecting information and not starting. And the quicker you start, the quicker you learn because you learn a lot doing. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on BuildingBits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while BuildingBits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we don't get into fluffy stuff. And with us today, Sabine Franco. How you doing, Sabine? Hi, Joe. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Sabine. She is the CEO and principal attorney at Franco Law Firm. Franco Law Firm was established in 2012. Her practice strategically focuses on real estate law and business law. She's got five years experience working in the mortgage and real estate industries based in New York City. With that being said, Sabine, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes. Like you said, I had worked in the mortgage industry way back in probably like prior to 2008. I worked uh, for mortgage companies and was a loan processor. And then I worked for a mortgage bank. And then after that, kind of around the time of the crash in 2008, I went into law school. And then after law school, I started my own practice. And naturally, part of that was real estate law. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm currently helping individuals, businesses buy and sell and invest in real estate. Got it. Once you graduated from law school, you immediately started your own practice? I did. I did. I braved it. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. Why'd you choose that direction versus joining someone else's? I think um, I always tell people I was a little bit snotty about it because um, <laughs> working in the mortgage industry in like my early 20s, you know, I made good money and I was expecting that coming out of law school. So when I graduated, it was in 2011, the market was kind of just starting to rebound itself. So it was really hard to get a good paying job. So because of that, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, you know, go out on my own, which in hindsight to me now is crazy, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah. But I imagine the first six months probably didn't work out like you planned. So what were some challenges starting the law firm? Getting business was a challenge. Yeah. So getting business was a challenge Um, in the beginning. I kind of just told everyone I knew that, you know, I had started out on my own and I got referrals here and there, but it came slowly. So I I did work for other firms in like sort of like a a temp capacity. So I covered cases for them and stuff like that. 
until the business kind of built itself up to where I didn't need to do that anymore. But it took a while. What type of work were you working on in those early days? Those early days, other than real estate, I did also business formations and um, uh, helped businesses with like, you know, simple contracts back then. And when I was working for other firms, I would cover a lot of like um, landlord, tenant and foreclosure cases. Mm -hmm. So it was good because I learned a lot about tenancy and tenants, um, how the landlord tenant courts work and, you know, dealing with that in New York. So it kind of helped build some background for what I'm doing. Now, what are some typical cases that you would work on? Now? Yeah. So now I don't do too much of the point of court for tenancies, except for current clients. If they own like buildings and multifamilies and stuff like that, they'll ask me. So I'll I'll help them out sometimes. But um, mostly I do residential purchases and sales, single families, multifamilies. We call them multifamilies or multi-units here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of red tape in New York, especially New York City has its own set of red tape, doesn't it? Right. In New York, it just takes so much longer With respect to searching the titles, the title reports take longer to come in. With respect to uh, violations and liens and judgments, when those things come up on title, it takes a while to get it cleared. Dealing with like the building department and housing and building department, it takes a while. So if you have something that needs to be cleared off of title or inspected, you have to make an appointment and it usually takes them a couple of weeks and then you can't rely on the date that they give you. So (laughs) with those type of things, it kind of makes it much more difficult. And then when it comes to landlord-tenant laws in New York, it's extremely tenant-friendly. It could take anywhere from six months to two years to get a tenant out in New York residence. I knew six months. I didn't know up to two years. What's the circumstance where it would take two years? It basically would depend on sort of the tenants, their living circumstance. So like if they are older or if they're disabled, they're going to get more favorable treatment from the courts. If they have young children or small children, they're going to get more favorable treatment. So they can keep going back to court and asking for more time. There's no limit to how many times they can go back. So even if you set up like a settlement with a tenant and they say they're going to move out on this time, they sign it. So basically it's like a contract. (laughs) (laughs) And and it sounds like it's like a contract, but it really isn't a contract. (laughs) Exactly. The way the court's treated is not so much like a contract because when the time comes for them to be evicted, they can go back to court and just filed what's called an order to show cause and get more time. And depending on if the judge feels their reasoning is sound or whatever or worth it, they'll give them more time. So it's really open to a lot of discretion by the courts. So that's what makes it so lengthy and difficult here. Mm -hmm. Anything as an attorney you can do to try and shorten that time frame if you're representing a landlord client? Well, a lot of times what attorneys do is enter into we call them stipulations and they're kind of like those agreements because even though tenants can ask for more time to stay it's the quickest way because if you have to go to trial with a tenant then you have to wait for a trial calendar and that could take even longer than just trying to put in an agreement and depending on 
whether or not it's like a rent stabilized apartments, you can only get somebody out if they didn't pay. So if you enter into agreement with them and they pay, then you can no longer sort of like evict them. But the best way to do that is to kind of enter into an agreement and kind of just like stay closely on top of the deadlines to see if you can get them out by acting immediately upon those dates. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty much what you, you don't have much. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't don't have much. A whole lot, huh? It's almost like who's going to get more tired and more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because how much would an attorney like you be compensated to stay on top of that process over the course of 12 months for a landlord? Attorneys charge by the hour. So anywhere from like your average attorney is going to be like 350 to your, your white shoe big law firm could be over a thousand dollars an hour, depending on who the landlord is and, and how much money they want to spend. So imagine that filing petitions, filing documents to put into court, drafting documents, filing documents, appearing in court over That's and over. That's the big one, right? Appearing yeah. in court. Because <laughs> travel time and everything, that's factored into the hourly rate, isn't it? Right. Sometimes a lot of attorneys won't do flat fee if it's going to be that you have to sort of like continuously go to court because of the fact that you don't know how long it's going to take, mm-hmm. you know? So it, on a case by case basis, you may be able to get that, but generally you won't. Talk about whatever you can talk about, obviously, but what's a challenging case that you've participated in? With regards to buying and selling? or Yeah, yeah. In New York and in the Brooklyn market, it's a very hot commodity right now. So there's a lot of competition and a lot of times there's investors that want to put in offers on multiple properties. So you can be in contract with an investor on the seller's end. You can expect for them to close, but then the time comes and they're not ready to close or they want to back out of the deal. So it kind of like makes a lot of mess for the seller. So I had a client who had a multifamily that she was selling was in contract with an investor buyer. The property had some issues that she needed to get up to date, which she did. Finally, she got them up to date and the investor's like, well, I wanted the property vacant. And the contract actually didn't call for the property to be vacant, but the seller client being wanting to accommodate did try to get rid of all the tenants. Then come to find out the investor buyer now was not even ready to close, was not capable of closing. So after almost nine months of being in contract, which I know in other states are like unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) After like nine months of being in contract, not having tenants to cover the cost of the building, now having to break the deal basically and the buyer wanting to back out, just walk away clean. So Mm -hmm. that ended up having to go into litigation to sue over that buyer's deposit. And I represented the seller. Who won? It's still going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Everybody loses when that takes place, except for the attorneys. They make out for you. (laughs) What's some advice you give your clients to help mitigate the likelihood of litigation whenever you're drafting up a contract or even reviewing a contract if they're purchasing something? One of the things that I think is extremely important is for even when you're a savvy investor or buyer or whatever it is, it's important to kind of keep your attorney informed of all of the issues that may be going on. Like a lot of times parties will have conversations on their own, either buyers and sellers directly or just outside of the knowledge of the attorneys. And then when they have like these side agreements, there's nothing we can do to protect you if we don't know that it exists because you can't cover everything under the sun in a contract. You can cover a lot, 
but you can't cover every single scenario. So it's good to kind of keep the attorney informed so that we can cover particular things. I had a weird situation with a single family property that the buyer was buying the property. So we, we, were, we got into contract, the seller's lawyer calls, I'm representing the buyer, seller's lawyer calls and says, well, my client wants to take the shrubs outside of, from the outside of the house. He's not going to leave a hole in the ground. He's going to replace it, but we want to take it. And so I said, okay, let me speak to my client. And I'm thinking it's not a big deal. It's like bushes or trees or whatever it <laughs> wants to take. So I call my client. I'm like, yes, Ella wants to take the bushes. He's not going to leave a hole in the ground. He'll replace it. And my client's like, absolutely not. That's the only reason why I bought the house. He's like, I went to school for botany. <laughs> so, oh, my. Yeah, it turns out there were like bonsai trees. <laughs> it was just like a ridiculous situation. But if I didn't know that, I could have committed malpractice by just saying, yeah, sure, that's not, that shouldn't be a problem. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good to keep your attorney informed. I just think we have a certain level of confidentiality that we owe you as far as we're legally bound to do. So no reason to leave your attorney in the dark on things that you're doing so that we can include it in the contract and cover it and make sure that the things that you're concerned about is protected. Based on your experience as someone who represents real estate investors, what's your best real estate investing advice ever for them? I would say start early. A lot of people, when you're looking to get into investing, they spend a lot of time just collecting information and not starting. And the quicker you start, the quicker you learn because you learn a lot doing versus just like sort of like thinking about it. So I think that's the best advice would be to not wait so long and kind of just start as quickly as possible. What type of investing do you do? Personally, I have a couple of uh, single family and a multifamily property. I'm looking to invest more. I kind of didn't take my own advice <laughs> and didn't invest as much as I- It's tough have. in New York City. It's tougher in New York City, but it's still possible. Yes, true, true. Especially when you kind of know your way around things. So it's harder to have properties where you have tenants and things like that, but it, there is a flipping market here. You just can't be, be afraid. And, and that's one of my biggest mistakes probably because I was in and around the mortgage industry and, and real estate and financing since I was in my early 20s and I didn't start then. So that's why to get in earlier than later is better. Where do you live in New York City? What borough or what area? I'm in Long Island in uh, Nassau County. All right, you're in Long Island. Where are your properties? One in Nassau and also in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. All right. So what type of deals? Will you just give an example of maybe the one in Brooklyn? What'd you buy? Just a oh, okay. framework. It's a four-family property. It's fully occupied uh, with tenants. The purchase price was actually 900000 which I know seems like a lot. However, the not Brooklyn. For Brooklyn. Not for Brooklyn. Where at in Brooklyn? It's uh, Brownsville. Brownsville, okay. Yeah. So the properties there are, are a little over a million now. And that's like the beginning of sort of that area being turned around. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, 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 it's on the, that area is on the come up and the areas surrounding are already in the multi-million. Did you do anything to the property or you're just leasing it out to tenants and then just letting... Right now, yeah, right now, just leasing it out to tenants and kind of just letting it appreciate. But in the near future, we'll be sort of like renovating. So the issue with that is that because of the landlord-tenant laws here, it's harder to get people out quickly. So you got to have to kind of have to strategize and do it strategically. Got it. What is an example of doing it strategically? 
Well, <laughs> kind of making sure that you have everything in order in terms of being able to cover all of the rents and everything. And while you're in court with everyone, kind of trying to get them removed because it's going to take a while. Because as soon as you put somebody in court, they're going to stop paying rent. Mm-hmm. To basically make sure that one at a time and kind of um, make sure that you're, you're able to cover everything. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, okay. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality, income-producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building leased to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting-edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever book you've recently read? The Four Agreements. If your business collapsed today, what would you do next? I'd probably start a podcast. (laughs) Why would you do that? I like talking to people. I like talking about ideas and kind of like learning about people and helping people and um, either that or a YouTube show show or something like that. What's the worst deal that you've invested in? Ooh, the worst deal I've invested in. I don't think I have one yet. Well, if you've invested in multiple, then what's the least profitable one? I'll phrase it that way. The least profitable one, probably a single family that I live in. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) Best ever way you like to give back to the community? I like sharing my knowledge with people that I come into contact with. Just I'm happy to share anything that I know to try to motivate people to get them to just do the things that they desire and not get and feeling like opportunities are everywhere. And how can the best ever listeners reach you? My Instagram is Sabine, S-A-B-I-N-E underscore The Purpose Lawyer. And you could also reach me on my website is Franco, F-R-A-N-C-O hyphen lawfirm.com. Well, Sabine, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about some intricacies with New York and New York City. Those things that you mentioned, like the six months to two years, is that New York City specific or is that New York? That's New York City. So upstate and Long Island, you're looking at more around six months for Long Island. Upstate, it varies depending where it is, but New York City is where it takes a really long time. Okay, That's where you're going to see six months, two years on on some, two years is like on on the extreme, but it it happens. Well, thanks for talking about that as well as your journey as a real estate investor and what you're doing and your business plan. So appreciate you being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Same to you. I appreciate you having me. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication, but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.